Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Nate Smith, Evil Genius here, Cavs a Podcast, or Cavs a Podcap. Uh, Cavs yeah. just beat the uh, Celtics. And what were you just telling me about Anna Horford? So there was a tweet she sent out uh, a little earlier this evening when she said, uh, we've had expletive games like this literally every round of the playoffs so far, yet we're in the ECF, we'll be okay, hashtag believe in Boston. To which she's gotten an amazing response from from most it looks like mostly Cavs fans uh, talking about how many times LeBron's swept Horford, just how wrong she is. And then my favorite so far is uh, there's a Photoshop of uh, Horford's face uh, and then <laughs> Tristan and Kevin Love above him. With the with the uh, it was just an old screen capture from my two dads, an old TV show. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna post this on the site. That's on the live thread. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was it was I I just had a feeling about this game, and you know, in the Lost podcast, I talked about uh, with uh, Sam and uh, Mike Schreiner, Sam. Uh, Ah, I can't remember his last name. I'm terrible with names. Anyway. <laughs> um, Meyer. It wasn't Sam, Sam Meyer. Meyer. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Uh, we, we talked about, um, I just think the Cavs are just, you know, itching to come out and play after no practice, none of that. Um, I think they got a lot of shots in. Clearly, Kevin Love worked on his jumper. 
Um, yeah. He was, and he was off early, but man, did he come on. Yeah, he was lights out. And getting to the line early, I think, always helps him. And yeah, Kevin Love, 9 of 16 from the floor, 6 of 9 from 3, uh, 8 of 9 from the three-point line, 12 rebounds, a steal and a block, plus 17, led the team, I believe, and plus minus, yep, and only eclipsed by LeBron James and his 38 points and 9 rebounds and 7 assists. Two steals, and and the other guy that we got to talk about is Tristan Thompson, who, you know, in the post game and in the pre game or in the at halftime, everybody was just raving about his activity. Really set the tone for the Cavs. I mean, he was just everywhere on the boards. They showed the one where he in the second quarter where he had that tip out, like he had yeah. no angle to get the ball. And then they tipped it out, swung it around. Kevin Love, he gets a layup, he misses, and then Thompson gets the putback layup. I mean, it was just ridiculous. Well, how about this? How about this stat? The Cavs front court, starting front court with Kevin Love, LeBron, and Tristan outscored the Celtics starting front court. Granted, Amir Johnson only played five minutes, but still, you can put Kelly Olynyk in, who scored two points, if you want to. Yeah. They outscored them ninety to thirty-two. Yeah, I mean, they just—I uh, posted earlier. It the Cavs did uh, that old that that movie from a few years ago. Where they just attacked the block. Yeah, and and Boston clearly not used to playing a team of this uh, of this level. And my thought in the first half was. Man, the Wizards stink. <laughs> I mean, yeah. they didn't beat this team. And you saw the Cavs, just whoever Isaiah Thomas was on, they put him in a pick and roll, got him switched, yep. and just attacked him. You know, They attacked him on both ends. They, yeah. they, he, I don't think he took a shot. He took one shot in the first quarter, I think. Yeah. And they, they, actually, they actually took him out. Stevens took him out with, with like, I think about halfway through the quarter, I think just to get him – away from the starters, hoping he just put him, put him back in towards the end of the quarter against some of the backups. But just to the get starters, well, the starters played the whole first quarter. So, you know, yeah. I mean, Tyron, Tyron wasn't messing around. He's like, no. we're just going to go out and stomp on these guys. And we're going to get our win back after the first game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, for Boston, we had, you know, Isaiah Thomas did not the worst scoring game he had 17 points on 7 and 19 shooting and 10 assists so it wasn't a total loss for him he did kind of start to heat up later and the big one that was concerning was Jay Crowder really started to heat up on but he got a lot of wide open threes and I mean those were all those all six of those were were like there were there wasn't a guy within 10 feet of him right but he's he's at the point where you know maybe you got to guard him yeah, those are those are like yeah. those were like Draymond Green threes in game seven. In game seven, like yeah. those were like okay, we're gonna give you that shot. If you're gonna hit that shot, more power to you. In the end, it didn't it didn't change the fact that you know, hey, you know what? He's taking them, and yeah. it's not Isaiah Thomas taking them and making them, or Avery Bradley, or you know, even some other guys off the bench. Although. Gerald Green started to hit a few towards the yeah. end too. He hit three of five. 
But uh, the other guy who had a nice game was uh, Jalen Brown, who had ten points, nineteen minutes. Was the only. Uh, well, I guess Gerald Green had uh, a plus ten, but he was plus four, and he didn't just play in garbage time like Gerald Green. Uh, yeah, Jalen. Although he did, he got a lot of really lucky bounces. Jaylen well, Brown. the other thing was. I don't know what he was also the guy the Cavs closed out horribly on him because first of all, he's not a good shooter. So yeah. they're overcommitting the way they close out him. Iman Shumper did one where he closed out on the wrong side and then, you know, Jalen Brown drove inside and got one of those lucky bounces. But uh, they, they actually had him guarding LeBron a little bit. And I didn't think he did, you know, that poorly considering it's not. No, I mean. He's athletic for sure, and if it, he's the didn't third seem guy, like, yeah. Well, it's a third guy going at LeBron, yeah. so you he know. Didn't I mean, seem like the total mismatch the way Crowder was. I mean, he just owned Crowder. <laughs> oh, he owned Crowder. He owned. Uh, he owned Marcus Smart. He owned pretty much everybody who tried you, you tried to guard him, except for Jalen Brown. But yeah, I mean, these are all mismatches. I mean. I think even Isaiah tried to guard him towards the end there, and and he just did that spin move and, <laughs> and went right by him. Well, and then you go, what kind of defense puts Isaiah Thomas on an island against LeBron? I mean, that's just terrible defense, no matter which way you got it. Yeah. And speaking of Marcus Smart, kind of the chucklehead of the night, wouldn't you say? Oh, well, he fouled out, but he He fouled out he in the should've... third quarter. In the third quarter, well, yeah, because he was, you know, what really hurt him was that double foul on him and Tristan, you know, when they were, when they kind of got into it there on the baseline. Uh, otherwise, he might have seen the fourth quarter, yeah. but I think Marcus Smart, I mean, Marcus Smart was clearly trying to just amp up the crowd. That guy, I mean, He's he had at least. He had at least three or four flops in this game. Oh, gosh, yes. I mean, the one that, thank God they didn't call the one on love, you yeah. know, the, where he just literally could see him like throw himself backwards. Yeah. Um, that's the thing I got to say, and I'm sure, I'm sure Boston fans and Boston radio will be completely on the other side of this, but I actually thought it was a really well officiated game. I thought the officials didn't fall for any of the, the Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna throw myself into you, fall down, and and get an and one um, tricks. I I thought the you know they it's funny they the the two that 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 one the one that Kevin got the not the not the second one because the second one was legit. The, <laughs> the first second one was legit because Horford literally jumped from like yeah the like eight feet away and it was just yeah. a terrible closeout. But that first one, yeah, I it felt pretty bad. like that was a little ticky tack, you know. And yeah, that you know, look, I'll about take the old it. Banana in the tailpipe. Oh yeah, I'll take it. But you know, that's the. Yeah. Uh, I would be, I'd be, I'd be bummed out if they started giving the Celtics cheap fouls like that. Yeah, and so. and Isaiah Thomas ended up on the floor a lot and did not get, but they were from you know him trying to go into the paint and draw fouls against enormous guys who, and the one, the one, there was one really bad foul call where there was a couple, there was the one, there was the charge on Corver where he was clearly there. Oh yeah. yeah. And then there was the one, the LeBron block, which, yeah, which was, if you looked on a replay was freaking amazing block. Yeah, I did see, I went back, back and looked at it again. That was pretty amazing. And it was, but a, it, he block. didn't touch him. He didn't, he, no, he, he got didn't all touch ball. him anywhere. 
And he yeah. went straight up and he got all ball. But and then it's that... the old thing. You go to the basket hard. You know, you put yeah. the honest on the rest. I mean, it was a good drive. It's just, it, yeah. and, you know, it didn't hurt the Cavs. Certainly. Uh, and, and LeBron was just had a lot of funny moments with the refs tonight. Um, <laughs> the one where he got called for the travel and he's like, he's like acting out the travel for like the next 30 seconds and doing like all these yeah. hop skips and <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah, he has fun. That's for sure. And yeah. he even said at the end of the game, he wasn't feeling all that well. Well, I, I hate to see him when he's feeling good, like right. 38 points, nine rebounds, seven assists, two steals, only two, two turnovers. I mean, he was locked in. Yeah, he did get uh, undercut by Isaiah. Thomas. Yeah, that was scary. That I don't even scary. think it was. The, I don't think it was the ankle. I think it was his knee, uh, or his hip. Well, he was um, he was yeah. kind of he was kind of massaging the knee at the foul line, oh, okay. and I thought like I wonder if he like hyperextended it a little bit because he landed kind of funny. But uh, but you know he's the cyborg, so he he seemed fine by the end. Um, you just hope that <laughs> you hope that you know you, we never see that that the one where he really actually gets injured. So. Yeah, you bite your tongue, evil. No, demon. I know. <laughs> I knocked on wood. I touched wood. Yeah, no, he's uh, a- and that was kind of I thought the dirtiest play of the game. That was when Boston was getting real chippy and trying to chip their way back into it. And I, I saw a really interesting thing from LeBron. Like he was very congenial in the first half, helping guys up, and you know, patting guys on the back, and just not well until want- the Celtics yeah. started thugging it up. Yeah. Well, and he was. But the other thing is, is you kind of got the feeling that he's like, he's just going to kill him with kindness <laughs> until, you yeah. know, he doesn't want to get hurt. So don't rub it in their faces. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it was it was a very good game. Um, or the, the Cavs played very well. And the funny thing is, um, Cleveland could have won by more. They actually missed quite a few threes. Kyle Korver won a six. Yeah, Corver really couldn't seem to hit the corner three tonight. Um, the one that he did hit was straight on, and then he missed another one that was straight on over top of Isaiah Thomas, which, man, if they'd have made that, that, <laughs> that would have been spectacular. But, uh, yeah, I mean, look, it's funny. The, the, the TNT guys were talking all about how the Celtics missed a lot of shots tonight. Well, you know what? The Cavs missed more. Especially from three. I mean, they were really until Love yeah. until Love got going. And Love was really the only guy that, that – I mean, for as, as well as the Cavs have shot the three in the postseason, Love was the only one that shot it well at all tonight. Yeah, I mean, a, unless- lot of, a lot of the heating up was in garbage time. You had Amon Shumpert and Channing Frye and Derek Williams Yeah, uh, all hit a, hit a three late. And, yeah, I mean, LeBron was one of six. Kyle Korver was one of six. Kyrie was zero of three. So they, yeah, they were outside of Kevin Love. They were pretty cold out there. So they definitely could have won by more. Yeah, and uh, they only shot. They only shot. I mean, they shot forty eight percent, but Boston yeah. shot forty seven, and Boston actually made one extra three. They they had a twelve threes versus the Cavs eleven. So you, you look at that and you say the Cavs only took. They only took nine threes in the first half because yeah. they were destroying them in the inside in the paint. And it seemed like a real concerted effort for them to just say, you know, we're not just going to jack up threes. We're going to we're going to attack 
their weakness, which is they the Celtics are very weak up front, and Horford is a finesse big, and um, Kelly Olynyk is a for the most part a finesse big when he's not yanking arms. And he did it to Tristan tonight. I know he did, and he got called for it too. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> and that they actually called that play twice where the guy tries to pull the guy out of the lane. Actually, three times. They called it yeah. three times. Twice on Marcus Smart when you try to clear the guy out of the lane so he can't be a help defender. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I, I mean, I, I expect them to, to try all kinds of tactics to do that, but they're just not, they're just not talented enough. No. And their best player is, for them, unfortunately, 5'9", and when he gets trapped, I mean, the Cavs set the tone from the, from the, that first series where they, I think it was love and Tristan trapped him in the corner and he couldn't get any turned it over. And that was, that was that. I mean, every time he had the ball, there were two Cavs hemming him in and he's too short to find the open man every time. The only time he really got going, I mean, he had some threes, but a lot of them were catch and shoot after the ball had been around the horn. Like, a couple times already, you know. Well, and, and again, yeah, like, a couple were on on uh, those two those two pl- uh, possessions where they got two long rebounds off of yeah. missed threes and they finally hit one. So, and he hit that that crazy one at the end of the half too, which you know I think the game would have been over long even even sooner if if not for that three yeah. and those, those two. Because if he inbounds. hadn't hit that, it would have been a record. Well, yeah, and and the two inbounds plays the Cavs fell asleep on yep. towards the end of the second quarter too. I mean, that's seven points right there. You're down thirty, and you know that's that's probably all she wrote. Yeah, and, and Kyrie got beat backdoor on backdoor cuts uh, a few times. So it wasn't a great game for Kyrie. I mean, he had that one. He had, he yeah. had six assists, so that was nice. Um, yeah. Well, and the team only turned the ball over nine times, which is yeah. which is a fantastic number. Yeah. Uh, absolutely, and and um, you know, and the and you know, again, they just they just destroyed the the Celtics on the board. So, um, yeah, especially well, when the game it was, was closer, it was in, closer in the end. It was only like forty four forty, but I yeah, think but when they it was a, contested, they were just destroying them. Yeah, I thought Kevin Love was especially good on the defensive boards, just positioning and controlling. Uh, when he wasn't getting them, he was boxing guys out. He was yeah. he was really good, and then obviously Tristan Thompson six offensive boards. So, well, and and this is the kind of stuff they're going to have to do if if they get past Boston to Golden State as well. They're going to have to impose their will inside because that's also where the Warriors are weak. So, playing the Celtics is actually a pretty good primer from from a sense of of. Ha- making sure they get their their big guys in a good flow, and also, um, you know, just with the with the physical play and the the screens and moving screens and grabbing and all that kind of stuff too. So, yeah, they just take it to another level. The, yeah, uh, the Jaja Patchouli oil. <laughs> yeah, uh, but seriously, if the if the Cavs hit. Literally like three or four more threes tonight. This this is a thirty point win. Yeah, yeah and I I said it was a it would have been a record if um, Isaiah Thomas hadn't hit that three at the end of the first half. It would have been the all time worst Cavalier or Celtic playoff loss <laughs> or playoff first half deficit. Right. Yeah. Right. So. 
Well, you could definitely tell the game shifted in the third, and they actually – it was about halfway through the third because the Cavs were still dishing it out pretty hard. I mean they were by 28 points I think at one point, and yep. then it was really just that Marcus Smart trying to get under – Tristan's skin and then you know then he started got the got the crowd a little stirred up and they hit a couple of threes and you know, they 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 finished out the quarter strong cutting it down to I think it was like 16 points or something uh so that was a, I mean they scored 36 in the third but that was you know that was that was the 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 only real run they made and um so it was the first game the Cavs first game this playoffs uh, that the Cavs have had gone wire to wire where they never trailed. Yeah, and LeBron played significant minutes. I mean, he played the whole first quarter, uh, significant part of the second quarter, and then what was his final minute count? Forty-one minutes. 40, forty-two. Yeah, forty-one, forty-two. Yeah, Not which bad. is about where he's been throughout the playoffs. So, I mean, you got to figure he's just gonna. Especially when he gets what nine days off, like yep. <laughs> you got you got him saved up. But nobody else really played that much. It'd be everybody else was under thirty five minutes. So, uh, and one of the things I'm really liking about the Cavs right now is it doesn't seem to be about getting numbers. Like you saw Kevin Love not getting a lot of numbers in the previous series. Um, yep. Well, they come out and they feed him because you know the previous two series. Uh, between Serge Ibaka and uh, who who did they play the series for, uh, before that? Oh, uh, Paul George and oh, yeah. uh, Miles Turner. Kevin Love had his hands full. Welcome, Mallory Factor from a long yeah, I, hiatus. I, 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 believe it or not, I'm still alive. Um, still going to far more concerts than I can actually handle, but, uh, you know, I'm here. I'm around. <laughs> I'm, I'm putting in my AirPods right now. What are your AirPods? Yeah. Oh, look at that. That worked perfectly. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, guys. So the, the, the story behind tonight for me, before we go into what I think about this game in general, <laughs> is that I thought that I was going to be able to watch this entire game, like start to finish, in the like solitude of my apartment, where, by the way, I've been sitting on like good... 30 randomly top-rated Ohio beers. So I could, like, consume one or two a night without having to, like, stress about not drinking. I have a thing where I only drink Ohio beers when I'm watching the tabs. Um, but ended up being dragged to a government mule concert. Not a band that I'm particularly fond of. So that was the thing that I had to witness tonight. But anyway, oh, man. Um, How did you survive with your arms on that cross? I know what a what, what a rough <laughs> life I'm living, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, e G, e e are you at least like uh, with me on this about government mule being like something that you don't necessarily want to buy? You're like you're oh little, yeah. Little I'm yeah, not a big I'm, government I'm mule fan either, but you know. Actually, you know what? I will say this before we go back into the cab they, thing. They also government didn't peel your eyelids open, uh, Clockwork <laughs> Orange style either. So come on, shockingly <laughs> great band. They were really great. So, That's surprising. You know, There's a reason they're the, still touring. The only shocking thing that I witnessed tonight was Government Mule being good. Let's put it that way. Just to you know, segue <laughs> back into the fact that for days and days and days, actually weeks, I've been saying in our little private chats amongst like the Cavs, the blog bloggers, that I thought the Celtics were not a threat. 
I will say this one more time, and this will be the last time that I say it. This series is done. It's done. Oh, really, yeah, it it's is. done. Yeah, yeah, it's done. Uh, LeBron, you you'll get no opposition from us. No, I <laughs> LeBron, yeah. LeBron is playing at a different level. Um, he's toying with them at this point. It's like so. Uh, bringing it back to like you know personal experience. A couple weeks ago, I got home, was sitting on my couch. It was like a stressful day. It's a Tuesday night. And my cat starts going crazy behind a piece of furniture. And What's I'm like, your cat's what the name? Hell could... His name is Petey. Okay. So Petey's going nuts behind a bunch of furniture. I'm like, what What could he possibly be going nuts about? And, you know, much to my dismay, he's playing with a cockroach. Like a gigantic, <laughs> I guess they call them like, like, like German cockroaches or something. So these are like huge. Tales of New York really... City, folks. Yeah, yeah. What, what New Yorkers will call water bugs, because I'm a New Yorker, it's a water bug. Um, so, uh, for the next hour plus, not kidding you, PD is basically toying with this cockroach. So, and so in this run- analogy, the Cavs are PD. Yeah, and the the Celtics are the cockroach. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I eventually or at least Marcus under- Smart is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Marcus Smart. Um, no, they all are. Come on. Oh, yeah. What are we going to say? Isaiah Thomas is in a little cockroach in this studio. <laughs> <laughs> I've already called him a leprechaun. Out. Yeah, the leprechaun. <laughs> okay, good. I'm not, I'm, I didn't say the worst thing about him tonight. Then. Yeah. Um, but basically, like, I ended up watching my cat toy with this cockroach. I mean, the Boston Celtics. I mean, the cockroach. Um, for like a good hour and then the cockroach got under my couch where I have a bunch of crap that I've shoved back there when I moved in this apartment two years ago um, and proceeded to have to pull my entire cat couch out without letting this cockroach get too like crazy underneath there and kill it with a shoe while my cat is just like <laughs> watching in, with half interest. So the moral of the story is the Celtics are done. Then, but They're don't done. let don't let them crawl under your couch. Because you, right. that might, otherwise it'll take otherwise it'll take longer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. exactly. And okay, so and Nate, I have mentioned this to you at least once, and really everyone out there listening, I have one issue with the way that the entire Eastern Conference playoff series is plural have gone so far, and that's that the semifinals didn't end sooner. Oh yeah, because we're at a point right now. Sat too long. Yeah. Well, it's not about sitting too long. I'm not worried about LeBron being able to rev it up. I'm worried about the fact that if this game goes one game extra, so if the Celtics steal one game, which honestly, like, they're not winning the series, period. I will wager all the clothing that I own, way too much denim, on the fact that, like, realistically, the Cavs are not losing this series. But extending them too far into the Eastern Conference Finals means that they get less time to relax. So if, even if the Celtics steal a game, it's, you know, it's not the end of the world for what they, what's going to happen towards the finals, but it could be a little too much for LeBron on the resting front. And that's all I'm really concerned about at this point, is like the numbers of rest. No, I, I agree I, with you there. And, and just that the Cavs are in a good rhythm going forward and that they stay healthy. Well, and mainly because I, mainly because the it doesn't look like the Spurs are going to give the Warriors much of a series if with Kawhi's injury. So yeah, well, yeah. Until I, know, I think Kawhi will be back, back and he'll be, he'll be good Saturday. Yeah, I think. I, I hope think, honestly, the Spurs win Saturday. 
Yeah. Well, if they don't, they're they're <laughs> they're done. They're done. They're yeah. they're not winning. Agreed. The fix Agreed. will be in for the Spurs Saturday, like it was in for the Celtics and Lakers uh, yesterday. We can't really say that, though, can we? Though, I mean, we had three number one picks uh, okay. in four years, right? Lonzo Ball is going to LA. That's all I have to say. Oh, I know. I'm so happy because he's going to be so terrible. Oh, no, by the way, you know if I'm the Lakers, I I say, you know what? I think we'll take we'll take De'Aaron Fox instead because yeah, he's I, shut you because he shut you I'm down. Gonna the, I'm going to take the unpopular opinion here. And Nate, this is something that you and I should discuss. You're a small business guy. Why don't you approve of Ball's father? Like, oh, because he's Levar a loon. Yeah, but I, I got no problem, to... but he's a self-aggrandizing, living off his kids, heli- super helicopter parent. He is definitely a helicopter parent, <laughs> but you know what? He produced three sons who are potential NBA <laughs> players, so that's pretty amazing in and of itself, right? Yeah, I, I just... I think but he he's talks gonna about be the, a gigantic. He talks about headache. them like they've already like they've already done something. Did you hear the one today a, he threw out he wants three billion for a suit contract? Yeah. <laughs> for the I shoes that he sold what? all of four hundred four hundred pairs of in the first three weeks. <laughs> I'm 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 on the I'm on the ball team, I gotta admit. Oh, I, I don't think I, so. I want him to succeed. I probably I think a very unpopular opinion there. I love it. I love the fact that it annoys people too. Well, yeah, it, it appeals to your inner troll. <laughs> right, because it's just like, it's just angering people for the most in, inane reasons. Like, if it didn't anger you, then he would go away. But the fact that it angers you makes him, I don't know. Well, and I that's why it. he gets airtime. It is 100% why he gets airtime. Mostly for me, SPN. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, Although he was on Skip Bayless this morning, and, and their ratings might have beat the Hallmark Channel or MASH reruns, so... <laughs> I, I sincerely doubt that. <laughs> yeah. you know? I think he was pulling a 0.0 share the other yeah. week. So, <laughs> who is he? Who, they canceled the show that he was up against, so that's... <laughs> yeah. What does that say about the show that he was up against? Was it a soap opera? Yeah, it must have been. You know, it was like the, the young and the restless. It was yeah. the younger and the more restless. So are you on your phone, Mallory? Yeah, I am. Okay, so you hold it a little closer to your mouth because you're kind of. No, I'm on, my, I'm on my. I'm on my. I'm on my AirPod. What is an AirPod? Oh, Apple. Nate. I know. I, wanna, I hate you, Apple. You want me to get off your lawn? <laughs> I do want you to get off my lawn. <laughs> yeah, Damn stop doing like. Yeah, you know what? Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to say to you about that. Uh, so, I'm just giving you a hard time. Yeah, um, I'm sorry if you can't hear me, but no, you're do- you're better even... now. Well, that's just by virtue of moving my hand, you know, <laughs> slightly to the left of where I was holding my phone before. I Stay there. <laughs> Hold the rabbit ears and yeah. the tin foil in the left hand. Yeah, and on the one foot. Yeah, I'm still expecting you to edit out that. But no, seriously, you have to do that for me because <laughs> the amount of free clothing. I'll just say something. Towards... Just say something nice about them to balance it out. Now, yeah, it doesn't work like that. Like, if they hear it, then I, no, actually, you know, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm a brick. I, I will, so, so. I will try to edit that out now, just for you. There's, there's a good, like, not even joke, few thousand dollars worth of clothing sitting in my apartment from them. So. Okay, well, don't mention them again because they'll know you said more. something, and then I'll have to edit out more. And I'm only editing out one thing for you. All right, what I will say is original Penguin makes the best clothing I've ever worn in my entire life. 
Okay. Um, anyway. So, so like, back to the game. Those, back to the game. And I would consider myself a pretty stylish guy. So, you know, like, I'm a no. little, like, happening guy in New York City or something. Anyway, um, <laughs> so back to a government mule. They were, no. Nah. <laughs> so, Aren't you glad? who gets who get your game yeah, ball tonight? Tristan Thompson? LeBron? Kevin Love? Front court game I mean, ball? LeBron? What? Okay, no. There's no, no, actually, Kevin Love, but only because I called that happening two years ago, so. But it goes to Kevin. <laughs> was, was without I, Mallory, if, if David, if, uh, David Griffin hadn't been listening to this podcast, Never would have happened. Never would have got Kevin Love. So thank you, but Mallory. Admittedly, Nate, was I not? I'm, I've been Kevin Love's biggest cheerleader. Well, <laughs> how about this? So Kevin, so it was it was Kevin Love's career best thirty with thirty two points. Uh, yeah, and with, with the and with no twelve, but and be, he became just the second uh, LeBron teammate to get thirty points and ten rebounds in a playoff game. The other was Dwayne Wade. And he was the first Cav not named LeBron James to go for 30 and 10 in a playoff game since Brad Doherty in 1992. Wow. Now that's something. I was all in on Kevin Love. I think he actually probably has the longest shelf life of a Cavalier not named LeBron James. I really believe that. But I'm of the strong belief that point guards are the most replaceable position in the NBA. So that's a different story. Um, I don't know if I believe that. I mean, I used to, but then I see these teams with these terrible point guards that when your point guard's not playing well, you can't win in the playoffs. You can't name, win, period. Name the last time an NBA team won because their point guard dominated. An um, NBA championship. The Cavaliers. Really? Okay, you mean the shot? Uh, well, yeah. Kyrie Irving was amazing in those last three games. As was, was he the best run. player on that team? No, he wasn't, but he had to be the second best player on the floor, and he was. All right. the, the best player on a team. When was the last time the point guard the Cavaliers, was the because LeBron's their point guard. Yeah. But probably, <laughs> but probably, uh, what, the bad boys, Isaiah Thomas? Yeah. Oh, I, no, Tony boys. Parker. Yeah, but he always had Tim Duncan or. Yeah, but he was. Better. They were running their whole offense around him. So my my whole thing with that is I don't think he was the MVP though, was he? He had no, an MVP. He was actually he was the MVP. He was. was he? Okay. Well, there you go. I, 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 I've actually already had this debate once tonight. This is a conversation that I bring up pretty frequently. I firmly believe you don't win an NBA championship if the player that you rely on most centrifically centrifically in your offense is a point guard. Like you're not winning one. You're not winning one. You're not. Well, the Warriors with Steph Curry. Yeah, that's true. Oh. Well, except for that. <laughs> Should we talk about what Andre Iguodala did in that MVP final? Well, yeah, no, but he Steph- wasn't the MVP. He was the MVP because he's the guy the Cavs left open and they made him pay. <laughs> but Yeah, Steph, Steph didn't make him pay. Well, yeah, but he made, he made the right pass. And that's what you got to do as a point guard. I don't know. My whole belief is that you don't win a lot of NBA championships with a point guard. So going back to what we were talking about before, Kevin Love is the guy that's going to... I'm, I'm telling you, just watch. Just watch. <laughs> you know, I'm clairvoyant. I'm call me green. Kevin Love is a very know. good complimentary player. With You know, they they have LeBron and then they have 2A and 2B with Kevin Love and, and Kyrie Irving. So, you know, they're very yeah. sacked. And I, I said this tonight. 
I think this is the deepest team that I have seen in the NBA since the 80s. I mean, since the expansion watered down the league. They literally have three all-stars coming off the bench. Richard Jefferson, Darren Williams, and Kyle Korver have all been all-stars. You know, and, and they, they, they can play at that level if they need to as well. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're very, very good players, and they're fantastic if they're role players for your team. And well, you know, it's funny. Um, I was, I, you know, I was listening with, on the Kevin Love front. I was been listening to the Windhorse book and McMenamin book. Uh, while I while I run and stuff, and today I listened to the to the whole fit in fit out section that that chapter. Oh God! And it's interesting, like you you know. But I I kept listening, and you know, went all the way through. I I I did a like a five mile today, so I got all the way to uh, the the meeting at the peninsula. No, no, no. I, it most mostly walking, running. It wasn't running the whole time, but. Um, but it was in, it's interesting to just see how far Kevin Love has come from, and I think you you said it, Nate, like complimentary piece. But he's really, if not for the for the injury this year, like he was he had a great year. I mean, you look oh, at look at how he was year. playing, look how he was playing before. I mean, he was an all star. He really was an all star this year, and he's just starting. We forget like he he only had so many games when he came back to reacclimate. So. No, I I I kind of agree with Mallory here. I think we're going to see a lot more from Kevin Love and oh, even the people that even the people that that sort of keep talking about like how he's still the the piece that could potentially get moved if the Cavs have to I think is get younger. Yeah, I, I oh, do too. Insane. I mean, well, and not only that, Kevin, Kevin Love's on a great contract now compared yeah. to the contracts yeah. uh, in the NBA. Officially, actually, Kyrie Irving's on the best contract in the NBA at this point, right? Well, the best contract um, in the NBA is Steph Curry, but that'll well, change. Not for long. Not for long. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my whole thing with Kevin Love is that he always been an okay, but what makes him so special is that he's willing to do the little things. He true. I don't think he's just lip service. I actually think he is willing to do the little things. Well, he's changed his defense immensely since he came to the Cavs. I I remember when he first got here, we kept saying, Kevin, get your hands up. (laughs) What he did on Steph Curry on that last play of the NBA Finals was one of the, not the last, but one of the the pivotal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was a defining, a career defining moment. He, he's actually truly wants to win. I believe when he says that he loves being on the team, that he really does love being on that team. So, no, I'll anymore. agree with that, and especially when you were on a team that you just, you know, they wanted you to do everything for them, but they wouldn't put the pieces around you to help you. So, I mean, now they're on a team that's ridiculously deep. I mean, you saw Derek Williams, who was a huge part of some lineups at parts of the regular season, playing garbage time. You saw uh, Richard Jefferson was a huge part of the finals last year. Barely played in the last series. Got some minutes tonight. Got about 12 minutes tonight. Had some nice moments. But, you know, the Cavs are sitting guys that are rotation players for other teams. And, you know, their third best player, Kevin Love or Kyrie, whoever you decide, would be the best player on half the teams in the NBA. So so here's here's the real question. I, and, I, you know, I, I look, part of me doesn't want to jinx things, although I don't really believe in jinxes. Um, if you're playing the Warriors, do you think after game two or 
three the Cavs wear them down to an extent they like Steph Curry gets worn down. I think that's very clear. Does everyone else get worn down? Uh, it it all depends on how well Clay Thompson's shooting and what you get from You're right. and what you get from Kevin Durant. I mean, Kevin Durant does not have to be the best player in the series. But he has to be the second best player in the series for them to win. Well, the one and, and Iguodala has to be health has to be healthy to guard uh, LeBron. I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. But I think Kevin Durant doesn't play as well against LeBron as he does against other players, which is a fact at this point. I mean, that can change, but no. there's something about LeBron James that I think sets well, Kevin Durant to a tizzy. It's not just Kevin Durant; it's you know most of the NBA. I mean, they hear footsteps. You know, and, yeah, and they LeBron do. is right now in the playoffs defending at an elite level, playing as good a basketball as I've ever seen anyone play. I mean, he had a couple of plays tonight that were insane. Um, you know, just some insane blocks and rebounds and going up for layups. I mean, he just. I mean, even towards the end everything. of the game, he was, he was playing far harder than he should have first. Yeah, off, I mean, I some... the one that was crazy was the play where Isaiah Thomas went inside. And I think um, Al Horford got three, two or three offensive rebounds, and the Cavs just yeah. would not give him a shot at the basket. Just they like, there was and four that was guys amazing. swarming him. Yeah, that was in the fourth quarter. Yeah, it was early in the, the fourth. Yeah, yeah, I I saw that entire possession, and I was like, all right, this is ridiculous. They're, they're they they want to sweep the series. Yeah, but I mean, I I'm of the belief that they have to sweep the series in order to beat the Warriors. Personally, I mean. Uh, I, I don't know. I think the break's going to be long enough. It's not going to matter. Because the mm. the the finals is on a scheduled start from the beginning of the year. Yeah, it's it's on June 1st. Yeah, is so... the first game. Yeah, even if it's a five or five-game series, which I don't think it's going longer than five, but even if it's a six-game series, the Cavs will have plenty of rest, which I don't yeah, think Yeah, if it's, it's a five, they get a full yet. week. If it's any more than that, they don't. Yeah. Um, also, I will be in Ohio from June 8th or 9th until the 12th or 13th. I'll tell you what you're, the dates you're hoping are. To, hoping to catch a Cavs game, huh? Mm, well, I'm not going to be in Cleveland. I'll be in Columbus. Oh, but I'll you be there drive from up the... for a Cavs game? <laughs> what kind of fan it's are like, you? You know, I'm going to be some... Or are you a non-driving millennial? Yeah, I don't have a driver's license, believe it or not. <laughs> well, you do live in New York City. I grew up in New York so. City, yeah. Um, I so I will be in from June 8th until June 12th. If anyone, or June 13th, if anyone wants to watch a potential Cavs game uh, during that time period, you know, comment in, section. In, in Columbus? In Columbus, Ohio. On the C-Bus? Okay. On the C-Bus, exactly. So I saw I, the uh, the shot of the watch party tonight at the queue and they had the basketball hoops going. It looks like they got a lot more going than they have before. Like it looks like it's a lot of fun. So I I'm gonna yeah. try and hit one before before You should. Games. I hear yeah. I hear they're I hear they're great. Yeah, I, I will um well I probably does, only have two more games that I could catch. Does any on. does any other team do that? Yeah they have, any that's other? happening more and more, but you gotta have a pretty solid home crowd following. Right. Well, and the Cavs have the Super Jumbotron they can yeah. show the game too. Yeah. I mean, I live in a city where like people have basically given up on the NBA stuff. <laughs> <laughs> As well they should because 
Uh, Phil Jackson has sucked the life out of the NBA in in that city. Uh, go Nets. <laughs> yeah, uh, or or the Nets who who Godfather gifted away. Yeah. <laughs> Which, oh my God, uh, I feel bad for this city sometimes in that. But uh, you know what? We have Aaron Judge. So. You do have Aaron Judge, and it's not going to matter. <laughs> uh oh. No, you, you know, okay, so here's the funny thing about my, like, rooting. The only New York team that I have true, like, dedication to are the Yankees. Yeah, I'll, I'll do it over and over again. Uh, I mean, so talking about the Yankees. You love the Yankees? Like, my whole thing is my grandmother, and my grandmother's 96 years old, like, grew up telling me about the, the Yankees, talking to me about how great they were during all these different eras of her lifetime. And I honestly, like, that was the first team that I really loved, was New York Yankees. So, yeah. I mean, I'll always root for the Indians against anyone else, but See, I, I, I've been blessed in terms of the teams that I root for. I have for, a frankly. few sports hate teams, and I've always, always, always hated the Oakland Raiders. And that, oh, that's crazy. They're one of my big... Well, I was a Kansas City Chiefs fan for years, so that's their rival. Uh, and, then, and then in uh, hockey... I hated the Red Wings for a long time, and now I don't give a crap. About we all hockey. hate the Red Wings. Yeah, no now Rangers I don't care about hockey, fans, but uh, basketball, no it's its probably the Warriors. I really loathe them. Although, I, well, I, I there's no team I hated more than Miami when LeBron the was there. Pistons. But oh. I always... But I've, I mean, I've all, I've all time hated the Celtics. Like, I always oh. hated the Celtics. See, you're going to hate me because I used to be a Celtic. I grew up a Celtics fan. Oh, really? <sighs> You're worse than I am. <laughs> well, I grew up in Alaska, and there was nobody to root for. I mean, you just because the the Sonics were terrible. So, the, oh yeah. So, and the Celtics were always on. It was Celtics or Lakers, and you know, yeah. I always rooted for the Lakers over the Celtics, even well, before I moved to LA. I I mean, just whenever yeah. they were, they were because the Cavs for most of my. Other than that, life, got brief, their butts handed brief, to yeah, by the brief period in the from like eighty eight to to ninety two, like you know, and the miracle of Richfield. Like for the most part, we just stuck watching that, and I always couldn't stand the Celtics, and always rooted for the Lakers over them. Oh yeah, I played, so I, definitely I probably hold on, I probably have about five hundred games of NBA Jam where I was playing the Lakers with D Brown and Kevin McHale versus. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Price and Doherty. So I, I'm oh very familiar with, with my, my best friend was a Cavs fan. So I, I, they were a big rivalry for me, but I, I never hated the Cavs. So, so for me, Price fan. um, I definitely told this story before, but I, you know, grew up in New York City. I was born in 1987. Um, but I grew up in New York in the mid nineties watching basketball, which was a pretty great time to be a New York Knicks fan. My parents had season tickets to the Knicks. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. John Starks, Patrick Ewing. Did you get to see the uh, brawl? Did you get yeah, to right? see Jeff Van Gundy hanging from Alonzo Mourning's leg? Uh, yes. 100%. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, my, my parents were at every game, and they had season tickets to the Rangers, too. So I grew up a hardcore Knicks fan. I mean, hardcore Knicks fan. The most bizarre. So my mom is from Cleveland, and obviously I went to college at Case Western. I'm a big Cleveland guy, you know, sort of like, like weirdly through my own connections. But I remember, and this is like mid-90s, when I was probably six or seven years old, 
watching Cavs Knicks games and secretly wanting Cleveland to be okay just because of my family being from there. <laughs> so who are on some so, of those teams? So mid nineties. Yeah, was yeah, that Price Doherty? Price, one hundred percent Price Doherty. I remember okay. seeing Mark Price vividly. I mean, yeah, and then the John only, Starks and Patrick Ewing and uh, Charles Oakley, Charles Oakley uh, and Smith, Allen Houston. Alan that was Houston kind of was pre later. Allen Houston. That's yeah, true. it was. Uh, yeah. uh, what's his name? Anthony. Um, Anthony Johnson. Oh, Mason. Yeah, Anthony, Anthony Johnson, Mason. Or, Anthony no, Mason, Mason. Mason. Anthony yeah. Mason. I remember Mason. And who is um, uh, Smith? Who is the Smith uh, that was on there? Uh, yeah. Um, D- Derek Charles, uh, Charles Smith. Yeah, Charles Smith. Yeah, Charles yeah. Smith and and um, what's his name? Tree Rollins. Oh God, yeah. I hated those teams. Um. Oh God, what was the Derek? What's his name? The point guard. Back Derek, point guard. Derek Harper. Yeah, Derek Harper. Oh my God, I remember so many Derek Harper games. I mean, I was a diehard Knicks fan. So and then of um, course Mark Jackson. Yeah. Well, yeah. But so what really killed the Knicks for me was when I was, you know, like middle school going into high school was the, all the Isaiah Thomas defenders. When he kept making bad move after bad move, I will never forget Are arguing. They, they haven't been good since. Yeah. I, that just destroyed my love of them. And I mean, at the same time, like I said, I will never forget how much I loved secretly rooting for the Cavs. It was a very bizarre thing. But my aunt and uncle lived in columbus ohio my entire life and um and i've written about this before on the blog about my uncle and his influence on my sports love uh but what really did it for me was becoming an ohio state football fan i mean ohio state football is unlike anything else i've ever experienced in my entire life so i've no i haven't and gotten I, there yet no uh, i've been i've stormed the field of the shoe at least three times that i can remember <laughs> One of which led to the Ohio State National Championship in 2003. Just because stormed you stormed the field? Yeah, I, I feel <laughs> yep. like it was directly related to me. I, you know, cause, you know. Um, I have that ticket framed in my and hanging in my apartment right now. Ohio State, Michigan, uh, 2002. Maurice Claret, Maurice the Beast. I'll never forget that. So one of the greatest memories of my entire life, for sure. That was Maurice's finest moment. It, that was, it was actually it's all downhill from there. It was. It yeah. literally. Well, no, his fine, finest moment in my mind was ripping the ball out of Sean Taylor's hand in the national championship. Yeah, that was R.I.P. Sean Taylor, play. by the way. Yeah. So you didn't work oh. at the tattoo shop that that got everybody in trouble, did you? No. Yeah. No, I was actually the one that was <laughs> tattooing people. Oh, okay, I, <laughs> I believe that. But so, anyways, so to bring it back to. Cavs yeah. the podcast or podcap podcap yeah. yeah so um you don't see really, any really, what what number are we on the podcast uh i think we're like at 130 something in the low one thirty. amazing i'm excited about that that makes me happy yes yes we've uh we've done a lot i mean i think i've done like 60 of them it, it was a lot. We have we did lose some this year as we kind of switched hosting providers for a while, and I never really put them back. But those those were we've lost plenty of podcasts this year. This will be the year of the lost podcast. I, yeah. I have all of the original ones backed up. If anyone ever, ever wants to hear them, sorry, I know I interrupted you. Like, it's funny, you know, like 
I remember podcasting the, during those dark days. So. That they were dark <laughs> days. Um, yeah, they and, were indeed. It's interesting to see. I mean, who are the guys that came out of that? Kyrie and Tristan. That's about it. Oh, the I don't the, the, the Pestac uh, Instacap is up. <laughs> uh, I'm sure it's great. Um, it always is. I will never forget just spending so much time crapping on uh, Chris Grant and oh, on everything and and lamenting Samardo Samuels. I, it's disturbing how much time I spent on like the Samardo Samuels. Uh, who is that point guard that they had signed as well? Oh my god, I'm like blanking right now on everyone's names. Uh, um, I mean, Sessions? Sorry, Ramon Jared Sessions. No, it's funny that you put that Derek Blankard. <laughs> terrible. No, I was gonna say I remember spending way too much time on Alonzo G, which, like, you know, oh, in yeah. hindsight, three G service. <laughs> yeah, I actually don't, always don't liked Alonzo G. Yeah, someone who can defend, dunk, and uh, miss threes. threes. Well, he well, could no, shoot he them. Did. He could shoot them. He couldn't necessarily make them. But I was going to say someone who could also turn the ball over just by handling it for a second. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he had some big moments. He won. You remember that last second putback against Atlanta? He no. <laughs> he had some, he had some moments. He'll, he'll always in the, be in the pantheon of memorable uh, Ohio and general sports things. Alonzo G is. Yeah, he's a little far down there. <laughs> Uh, he's below Ira. He's not even in Ira's neighborhood. You know what? At least Ira had a neighborhood named after him. So. Jamari, Jamario Moon. Yeah, the yeah. Moon, moon Kingdom. Yeah, Jamario Moon. And no, I, I mean, a couple of years ago, I said when the Cavs get a victory parade, they need a float of just all the guys who were Cavs for like two minutes. And at the head of the cat float will be Luke Herringody. And then at the ah, back, the Luke. At the back will be Semi or Den. How about this? True story. Uh, Larry Hughes was drafted before Paul Pierce. Yeah. Well, that was... In that same draft. How insane is that? As was um, Robert Tractor Trailer. Well, yeah, but I mean, you know, that's not someone who played for the Cleveland Cavaliers. So. No. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah, Tractor oh, Trailer wait. did. Oh, yeah, he Dude, did. I forgot about that what year was that that he played in the paul no, silas yeah he played it was probably 2004 yeah. i remember that oh, i forgot all about that was like a for a hot minute though that was like yeah. not for uh may, not, may not he rest in peace robert tractor yeah. trailer that is true but that was not someone who was intended to be a superstar in the way that uh larry hughes was so It'll always be a funny. Who's gonna watch the big three this summer? What's the big three? That league or the, oh, the something three, three? three contest? Yeah. yeah. And they've got all these X stars. I I'll watch it. I think it sounds it, it's it's it can't be any less entertaining than summer league or the all star game. Yeah, or the all star <laughs> game, or like a, a game between the. Uh, 76ers and, you know, like the Trailblazers or something like that. Or pretty much <laughs> games one through five of Wizard Celtics. Uh, <laughs> literally any NBA playoff game that didn't involve the Clippers. Well, there were some good games this year, but there weren't very many. I mean, that over, yeah. 
that game where Manu blocked Harden, that was a great oh, game. Yeah, that was a great game. That was an amazing game, and that was a crazy ending to that game. I think there was a double overtime, overtime or double overtime Memphis-San Antonio game. That yeah, was a really good game. I don't actually believe that any of those teams are winning an NBA championship. That's the problem with the NBA right now. Is Yeah, they have a parity problem. I've been saying this since the beginning of the playoffs, and I, you know, I'm probably going to rue the day because the Celtics are going to go on to win the NBA championship. But realistically, like. Yeah, there's only three teams with a shot, and there's really only two and a half. Right. Well, so, so my whole thing was, like, I drunkenly Facebook this what a month ago like when I was visiting my mom over Easter um, I love watching the, the Rockets and the Thunder play because I get to watch two teams who are definitely not winning the NBA championship and I continue to believe that like there's so many games where it's just like this is just fun for the sake of fun because neither of these teams has any shot of winning yeah and I've, I talked about this on our lost podcast, which was the last one, but that rocket series was so vexing. Like James Harden, there's a lot of people that are still going, what the hell just happened? Like that was so bizarre. Truly James Harden's not a winner. He isn't. He's, I mean, clearly not. Well, I think now that's pretty obvious. I think it was obvious from day one. If he had been a winner, his teams would have, you know, won. Won. So like, and that sounds simplistic, but like just in the same way, and I really believe this, you don't win an NBA championship with Russell Westbrook as your featured player. You don't. Well, I, I don't. it's hard to say that. I mean, part of the thing is that team stinks around him. Yeah, they have stinks, no but, shooting. But I thought, I thought the, I thought the Rockets, the Rockets problem, and people don't talk about it is that when Nene went down, they lost the. The really anything other than Capella in the middle, and yeah, you can't. And, and he was their spurts. emotional leader. Yeah, I mean, Nene was huge in that in the previous series against yeah. uh, um, against Oklahoma City. So I don't know. I I I I hear you. I I don't think Harden's got a lot of heart. I think he's got a lot of talent. Um, I do think that Westbrook does have heart, and I think that they got. Pretty. I mean, look how close they got last year. Close enough to have the Warriors down three one, and then you know, if anything, Durant was the one that that came up short in that in that series. Yeah, the one thing I, I will I'll, say, good point to that. I'll that's, say about Westbrook is there was a poll on Twitter the other day of Cavs fans, and it said basically if you think if LeBron James put his total goal to averaging a triple double do you think he could do it and the the results was 98 to 2 <laughs> that that lebron could do it i mean it's just i the whole triple double thing it took on its life of its own and then it became kind of dumb like he was great this year and the rebounding was pretty amazing for a 6-3 guy but i just saw him chasing the triple double like on a nightly basis like okay this is how many assists i gotta get this is how many uh rebounds i gotta get and guys would like step away and let him get rebounds and it just kind of got ridiculous and it became simmons simmons who you know i have mixed feelings about summed it up perfectly like 
he absolutely destroyed the ability for his teammates to become better just for the sheer desire to get a triple double. I'll agree with that. The other side of that being, I don't think they had much ability to get better. So I just disagree with you so strongly on that, Nate. I like, I don't think their team team's that get, good. When Victor, when Victor Oladipo is your second best scorer, that's a problem. Yeah, and yeah, I love Victor problem. Oladipo, but he's a role player at this point. Do you do you really think that LeBron wouldn't have won more games with that team? I don't know. He won, didn't he? Win fifty or close to like forty nine? No. Oh, uh, no, they won like uh, forty seven, I think. All right. Yeah, but it, I look. Cavs only won fifty one. Yeah. I mean, uh, come on. Regular season doesn't matter. So you, yeah, LeBron would have probably won more with those guys, but LeBron, <laughs> the GM, would have been saying, get some of these chumps out of here and get me some guys who can shoot. <laughs> like, There's LeBron would not have time, put up with that joke of an ownership group that always refuses to spend any money in Oklahoma City and actually traded away James Harden for a poo poo platter. And LeBron wouldn't okay, put up that. He'd been out the door. So Here's the question. Would Durant have won more games than Harden in the playoffs? This year, if team? he'd have been on the Thunder, is that the question? Instead of Harden. Or not Harden, I mean uh, Westbrook. If, like, if what? If he'd have been on the Thunder? Yeah. And not Westbrook? Yep. Oh, yeah, no, he definitely would have won more. That was the whole problem, is Durant hated playing with Westbrook because he'd never passed him, never set him up the ball, and it was it was kind of a gong show half the time. And also, Westbrook is a terrible playoff player. He Truly bad. Truly he, bad. I mean, he pissed away that game at the end of Game 6 last year. He was awful. And then yeah. Kevin Durant wasn't any better, but... He was terrible. And the other thing that happened is they had Scott Brooks for so many years, and uh, Ben Worth hit it on the head today. Scott Brooks was freaking terrible in that last series. There's no way they should have lost that team to the Celtics. I mean, they should have done what the Cavs did tonight and made Isaiah Thomas play defense every single possession. But they didn't do it, and John Wall just kind of spaced out half the time. Uh, Scott Brooks is a terrible coach. In the playoffs. Great regular season coach. Terrible playoff coach. So, oh, and I will say the other thing. So I've been thinking a lot about this. Have you noticed the um, Steve Kerr is giving him the halftime talk at every game now? So like, He's traveling with him to game three. Yeah, Mike Brown's the coach on the bench, and then Steve Kerr is the halftime coach. That's weird. <laughs> That brings up a topic of conversation that I think is really interesting. How important are NBA coaches to the overall value of the team? Let's put it this way before you say anything. The Spurs were freaking amazing. Game one, the moment Kawhi Leonard goes down, how great could Pop possibly be? Well, Pop's not out there handling the ball. They ran out of ball handlers. Right, but how important... Okay, so I have a cousin who is a huge basketball fan and just, you know, loves arguing in general. Um, and he's of the belief that it's all about the players. It has nothing to do with the coaches. I mean, let's put it this way. Uh, currently in the playoffs, Mike Brown is the 
considered what the best or second best coach. Huh? I mean, the Warriors have won a lot of games. Yeah, but he didn't coach them for most of those games. Yeah, yeah and uh, he did. He coached them officially for most of those games. No, he didn't take over until the playoffs. Yeah. He coached right. a lot I'm of games. In but... the playoffs. In the playoffs. I'm saying purely playoffs. They, they haven't lost a game. Well, yeah, but it's okay. So the best coach, My I don't think anyone would argue that it's Popovich that watches the right. NBA. I would argue the second best coach in the playoffs is Tyron Lue from what I've seen in the playoffs so far. Yeah. I'm I'm not trying. Look, and I get that you guys are like, here's the thing. The moment Kawhi Leonard went down, Popovich hasn't had an answer. But who made Who who else do they have? Who made Kawhi Leonard the player he is? Popovich, when Kawhi Leonard came in the league, he didn't even average 15 points a game. You've got got literally... You've got literally Lamarcus Aldridge and and a hundred year old Pau Gasol trying to stop <laughs> trying to stop yeah, the, the Western, the Western All Stars. And the other problem think, is think... is they didn't have Tony Parker either, so they basically had Manu and Patty Mills were their ball handlers that were left. You're not right, going to so, beat okay, the so Warriors with those two guys as your only guards. So if you're doing percentage of importance, the coach is what ten percent. And the rest of the team depends on the players you have. You could roll that Cavs team out there without Tyron Lue, and you'd be fine because they're all really smart and have been in the league a long time. You get a young team like uh, the the Wizards or the Celtics, then the coach means a lot more. The Jazz, exactly, because you gotta have a coach that puts them in a situation to succeed. Whereas you don't necessarily need that with an older team because they know the situations they need to be in to succeed. And I'm playing devil's advocate here because I actually agree with you guys. I think the coach is underrated. But I understand why people, given the current state of the NBA, would be skeptical because the Warriors and the Cavs are probably going to win no matter who's coaching, right? Well, sure. But the Cavs have the best coach in LeBron James. (laughs) So... So, so you're saying that Tyron Lue is basically just like I've pop- said it all year. LeBron, Tyron Lue is LeBron's top assistant. No, but he's at least he's at least a guy that that will attempt to keep him account to hold him accountable. Yeah, and is he's he doing really? a great job in the playoffs so far. He's better than Blatt would have done. Oh yeah. <laughs> listen to the I still seriously. Think- listen to the listen to the Winhorst and. Um, and uh, or read it if you want. I just listen because I run. But um, to the Winhorst and um, McMenamin book, it's a it's amazing to go back and really dig into the differences between these two coaches and how you could it it, it, it makes perfect sense looking looking back on it now as you you know going through it. Just the 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 double speak and misinformation and the way that some of the things that Blatt said to the media that. I, I don't think even we, we even paid as much attention to as we should have at the time. It's it's really it's really interesting and really telling. Although I will say that the media had it out for Blatt. I mean, they were kind oh, of good reason though. And, and, With good reason. Yeah, but Windhorse never liked Blatt from the start. So you know he's always kind of out of it. He was always going to be the fall guy, basically. Yeah, he was set up. So give give, give us some examples, E.G. Well, 
just just the the arrogance that he had. Like I'd forgotten about this, but the first oh, game the, that they, the won, game they lost, yeah, that was yeah, that was ball story, which was he was, you know, that 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 Kyrie and you know they they went out to him, they gave him the game ball for his first win or whatever. Could have been a great team bonding kind of moment, a great kind of you know a nice yeah. a nice media moment. And then he came out and said, well, this, you know, I've won plenty of games. And, well, no, he didn't you know, take the game and, ball. Yeah, he didn't take the game ball. Which I know. And then, ridiculous. I'll give you that. But like the or the fighter pilot comment, <laughs> you know, yeah. or I mean, look, the, the guy, the guy's just lucky. The guy's really lucky that he didn't get wasn't able to call that timeout because that series could have yeah. and that could have derailed yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, I'll give that you that. That is a good point. And who saved the day? It was Ty Lue. Like, yeah. I think the Cavs would have been just fine had they just decided to go with – I mean, that and okay, Ty Lue was Griff's choice. If you replace Ty Lue with, I don't know, like uh, – Mike uh, Brown? What's his name? Yeah, Mike Brown. Are they really that much better off? They wouldn't be champions right now. Yeah, they are I don't around. agree with that. I Mike, agree Brown, with that. I Mike Brown would have lost that series. Yep. Ty Lu, the the margin was so tight against the Warriors that Ty Lu's coaching wow. superiority was one of the things that pushed him over the top. Okay, but here's the thing: how good of a coach now is Spolstra? He's great. Yeah, you still think Spolstra's a top five coach? He oh, got absolutely. a team of scrubs almost to the playoffs. He got a team they had of the eight, biggest eight okay. guys. They had the biggest and, front and, to back and, turnaround and in NBA Rangers. history. They had the best finish with the worst start of you. in yeah. NBA history last year. Go ahead, each of you individually. Sorry, EGU first. Number one coach in the NBA is the number one coach in the NBA. It's still Greg Popovich. All right, Nate. Oh, Pop. Okay, number two, EG. I'd have to say Ty Lu. <laughs> okay, I don't agree with that at all. Nate? Uh, I will take... Oh, man, that's tough. Um, I'm going to take... Doc uh, Rivers right now. <laughs> I'm going to take Luke Walton. Really? Yeah. Whoa. That's a What's Luke Walton? <laughs> Luke Walton yeah. what coached... The Warriors for most of the seventy-three win season. Did he win anything? He won a yeah. banner that. Yeah, when Steve Kerr How took back. Here's the argument: Steve Kerr took back a, over, and they didn't win a championship. Okay. Oh, nice. <laughs> how's that? For, how's like that, that for a hot take? Well, he won about Ooh. twenty games with the Lakers. So. Well, yeah, but they were trying to tank so hard. Oh, okay. <laughs> They were, not early on, they were. They were tank strong that. God, God. I, I come in not not early on, they were. And I get you guys arguing against each other. What is <laughs> Tank strong right. Lakers. EG, number three. Uh, I'd probably say Spolstra. Wow. Nate? I'll say Ty Lue. You guys are crazy. Number four, EG. Steve Kerr. Kerr comes in at number four, Nate. Uh, I will take Spolstra. And five, EG. Mm, uh, um, 
Uh, it's tough. There's a huge drop off. I'd say probably. You guys are nuts. You're missing one of the best coaches in the NBA. Well, two really great coaches in the NBA. I really like. Um, I really like the the guy from uh, Dallas. Oh, Carlisle. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Good choice. Yeah, I'll probably, I'd probably. i probably. Actually, I'd probably take him above uh, Spolstra. But it's. I, I'll yeah. put him at five since I already picked Spolstra. Yeah, that's a good pick. All right. So here's my list. Pops number one, obviously. Number two, Quinn Snyder. No question. One of the best coaches in the NBA. I think he's very he's good. Not coaching, yeah. I think if he's not coaching that team, they don't win as many, even close to as many games in the regular season or the playoffs. Well, yeah, like, that's the point the I Warriors. made about. With a young team, a better coach. Sorry, I'm probably waking my wife up upstairs as I'm yelling at you. But a, a young team with a good coach, you have to have a good coach if you're a young team. So then you know who number three should be in that argument? Brad Stevens. Why? What's he won? Oh, you just set EG off. Why? What has Brad <laughs> Stevens ever won other than other than barely two two rounds of this playoffs? All right, so name a top. 20 player on the Celtics right now? Isaiah Thomas. Really? Yeah. On any other team, has he ever been a top 20 player? Does it matter? He's he like averaged. He that, just, he you was just proved he's scoring. scoring. You just proved. He second you scoring. just proved. He, you just proved your point. <laughs> uh, I so, disagree. I like. He's what part of has who Brad Stevens won. Brad Stevens has gotten swept. In in out of, he got he got swept and he lost in the first round of the, of the last two playoffs. He he was down he was down o two to a eight seed Bulls team this year <laughs> and barely made it you, out of. You that think season. you think Spolstra is a better coach than Brad? Yes. Oh. Spolstra took Spolstra took literally nobodies and and almost got them to the playoffs. He made Dion Waiters into a player, and he's won and. For all the talk about, you know, he had the big three, whatever. Yeah, he still won two championships. And went yeah, to four, and went to four straight. Wade, Wade and Chris Bosh. Again, again, yes, we're just going in circles because this leads still back won. to the argument of, of how important is it that you had LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh on one team. I just don't get why people think Brad Stevens is such a genius. No, I. You know what, right, Brad, so Stevens, what Brad Stevens? You know what Brad Stevens' fallback plan is? Well, just thug it up, guys, because you're not yeah. talented enough to win. So just start hurting people. Yeah, no, yeah I agree yeah, with you. You know what? That worked. <laughs> it, no, yeah. it just it, it, it didn't sweat. work. Yeah. So I'll say Carlisle on my list. Yeah. And then I'd say Lou probably finishes it out, but only because that's a fan favorite for me personally. Well, I'm I've, still not convinced about Lou. I'm not. I'm really not. <laughs> well, we'll see what happens. I mean, I still think they're winning it this year, but I think mainly because of what you said, Nate, LeBron is the coach. <laughs> How high does he move up in your list if he if they win it again this year, Mallory? Ooh, that's a great question. I don't know. Because he would have more than does he move past Brad? The- does he move past Brad Stevens, who's over the playoffs? Yeah, you know what? He definitely does. Okay. I think that moves into number three. So here's the next question. Who's the best personnel guy in the league? GM. Uh, Griffin, no question. No question. Okay, EG? What he has done with nothing is insane. Um. Yeah, 
I, I look, I know Griffin's made some missteps, but I, I, I do think he's done a lot more with, with a lot less. Um, uh, all the fucking talent evaluation though. That's the thing. Jerry West has been pretty good too, though. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, so is, uh, what's his name? Who's the Celtics GM? Um, uh, uh yeah, Danny Ainge has been great. Uh, Danny um, Ainge has just been lucky. So my pick is Daryl Morey. Yeah, Morey's Morey, Morey built that team without a pick in the top ten. You're talking about a team that doesn't win anything. They win. <laughs> they win a bunch of games, and he built that team without a top ten pick. Yeah. They've been in tank mode. I mean, they don't is, tank. That's the thing. They barely would miss no, the playoffs. They haven't. That's the problem. He's right. no like, Sam Hinkie. No, yeah, no I, I'm, I'm, okay. I'm on TV So who's number two? Mind. Who's number two? Uh, he's the Spurs. Uh, what's his name? I'm blanking on his name. Top as well. of the uh, team. Buford. No, Buford. Yeah, RC Buford. Buford. Yeah, RG, yeah. yeah, RC Buford. Yeah. No, Buford for me takes number two. No question. Well, I will say uh, George Hill for Kawhi Leonard. is one of the great NBA trades of all time. So, hundred uh, yeah. uh, percent. Patty Mills. Simmons, like, where's the talent? Oh, yeah, no, they get guys nothing. from out of nowhere and get them to play for him. So every time, and that's not all pop. That's definitely some. No, it's not all pop. There. They have an unbelievable organization. Yeah. What about you, Edie? Yeah, Buford's Who's number two. Buford, number two. Yeah, Buford, probably. Um, I'll give number two to uh, Buford as well. Wait, who'd you give number one to? Uh, Daryl Morey. Oh yeah, that yeah. Sorry, I okay, so who's number three? And if you say Phil Ainge. Jackson, I'm hanging up on you. No, Ainge, <laughs> Ainge. Ainge for me is number oh. three. I'd say, Mo- I'd say Maury was number three for me. Uh, David I hate Maury. Well, I hate Ainge. <laughs> I, I hate, I, Ainge has just been lucky. I mean, he got lucky that his buddy Kevin McHale gifted him Kevin Garnett, and then he got lucky that he fleeced that Russian... Uh, Prokhorov. Well, no, no, that was what's his name. Um, who's the GM? Billy King. Billy yeah, King. King. Oh my God, that was. <laughs> well, yeah, but he's the one that fleeced him. <laughs> I mean, oh Ainge God. is the one that fleeced him, but yeah, that yeah, was King, a terrible. He got trade. lucky that King was out of his mind, but yeah, I loved watching all that happen while like the faux Brooklyn hipsters were like, "I'm gonna be all about this team." Yeah, who's okay. a Bucks? Who's a Bucks GM? I probably put him fourth. Oh yeah, he's, yeah I don't actually know who the Bucks GM uh, is. Actually, Jason, Jason uh, Williams, uh, I believe, runs a lot of the personnel decisions for them. I think they Whoa. have a GM, but a lot of it's Jason Williams. And who then they the, actually um, have a head of analytics that's from Anchorage and lives <laughs> in Anchorage and does all their analytics for him. So. Who's the the Minnesota G- the guy who passed away? Um, Flip Saunders. Yeah, God, Flip deserves some credit here. Yeah, he he put together a good team or got some good picks there, but sort of. Yeah, unfortunately, one of them was uh, was uh, Anthony Bennett that he took from the Cavs. So <laughs> anybody who that anybody who willingly took Anthony Bennett, whether it was Chris Grant or Flip yeah. Saunders, immediately gets gets the yeah. uh, five five positions docked. Is that is that the biggest blemish on Chris Grant? Resume? Oh, it's, it's yeah, it's the worst pick in NBA history. Ever in the history of time. Yeah, I mean, like that automatically makes him the laughing stock yeah. of the NBA, right? 
Yeah, no, I mean, I wrote an article when it happened. You could tell he was a bust in 10 games. He I remember that. The worst number one pick I have ever seen in my life. Well, just, he just got he just got cut from a Turkey Turkish team. <laughs> yeah, so he's playing in that big three tournament too. I think. Yeah. No, he's in that other weird tournament. But I don't know. I'm all about these weird off season tournaments. <laughs> what do you go and just that, do underground basketball, Mallory? Yeah. After reading that article about like Jordan doing the one on ones versus uh, guys while he was filming Space Jam, I'm all about off season practice. You know. <laughs> but that thing about that that's so dumb is one-on-one is really not a very entertaining game. It's awful. You know? it's yeah. I mean, even two-on-two is better than one-on-one. No, two-on-two sucks because, like, there's no, like, picks or diversity or, like, you know, like, pick-and-roll. Every, no, everything is pick-and-roll. Not really. Then you're not playing with very good two-on-two <laughs> players. I guess I, I don't. I you know, like pick up my, games. My analytics view on Mallory Factor is that he's terrible in the pick and roll. Mm, I guess so. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not great handling the ball in general. Totally well, you got to be the guy. roll man then. Yeah, I can oh, feel yeah. my teeth growing, Nate. <laughs> this is podcast I'll, getting a little long in the tooth. I'll, I'll, I'll six foot one of me is not going to beat anyone. I'm not. I don't have the vert I used to have in high school. You know? <laughs> okay. So um, we're we're all pi- so I'm picking Cavs in five, only because I picked the last two series in five and they ended in four. So I can't break from tradition. Um, yep. and so I'm picking Cavs in five, and I'm picking uh, Warriors in seven. What? You're not. I'm going to pick Warriors in seven, just to be nutty. Okay. Okay. Do you have a fever? Is the only cure more cow? No, I'm just a contrarian. Uh, Get off your line. I am a contrarian, for sure. Uh, Uh, I think the Spurs are going to win the next two. I think Cavs Cavs in five... And I think uh, I think it's going to be a sweep. Unfortunately, I think it's going to be agree. four games. Okay. Um, so I agree. Finals picks: Cavs in Wait, six. I haven't even said where I'm at. What? Oh yeah. Right. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Well, so here's the thing. I've been saying it. <laughs> okay, you got to wrap this up, Mal. Nate, you know, well, you tell me what are my picks? You know me. You, you they're heard both in four. Cavs in four. Warriors in four. That's I think that's just happening. I well, do. I really you did do. say I <laughs> agree like two minutes so you're, ago. So. Mal, you're rooting for the the twelve and zero versus twelve and zero teams in the finals. I'm not rooting for it. I don't want it. I I would love to see the Warriors go to seven, and I'd love to see the Cavs sweep. Um, I'm concerned that what's going to actually happen is Cavs in five. Because I think there's a moment that's probably going to be lapsed. But my gut has told me that this Boston team is a joke compared to what Cleveland is really reared up for. I so will just say I, that one of the best sports opinions I have read in so long was by Ben Worth on Cavs Blog today when he said the absolute worst thing that could happen to the Celtics is for them to win this series and then commit. And they get obliterated. Well, no, and then commit to Isaiah Thomas long term. 
Um, they're they, doing it anyway. They need to get their butts handed to them. They so. they need to get rid of them. And I've been telling people for months the joke about them getting that number one overall pick, which we all kind of saw coming, is that they're now at a crossroads where you either keep Isaiah Thomas and you trade that pick away for someone else, or you keep that pick, you take the hit for a year or two, and you look to your future, and you trade Isaiah Thomas. Well, I think I that's think what's going to happen anyway, because... Uh, you know, we've been saying for months that Danny Ainge realizes that nobody's getting out of the East for the next two years, at least with this, with this Cavs team. So I think they're trading that pick and I think it's going to be a gigantic mistake, but that's my personal. Opinion. I don't think they're going to trade it. I, I don't think you could pass up Mark Fultz. Yeah. I, I'll agree no, with no you. No one's on team ball. Like, <laughs> oh no. my God. Dude, no, I have think... you seen him shoot the ball? Oh. No, yeah. Shot, you know. He shoots it like Joaquin Noah. Yeah. Noah has, Noah's had a successful career. <laughs> okay. Oh my. All right. So, you, okay. so, so Mallory, who's what's the finals? Uh, E.G., what's the finals? Cavs and seven. Cavs and six. Mallory. I was going to say Cavs and six. Yeah, Cavs and six. Okay. I think we'll write it down. LeBron James MVP, clearly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, no Kevin Love. <laughs> okay. Well, this then, podcast is getting a little Kevin Durant, too. And then Kevin Durant goes to join the Celtics. No. Uh, no, Kevin, I, Kevin that I could see. China. That no, I could see. Kevin Durant, will just, Kevin Durant will come and join the Cavs. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And then Chris Paul's coming, too. Don't worry. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting because I kind of feel like the Warriors window is closing a little bit because uh, well, if they give a, about to go insane. Right, and is Igadala going to take a huge pay cut? Is Sean Livingston going to take a huge pay cut? Igadala's been on record saying he's going to, but yeah, I, I don't think, think I don't think Livingston I don't think Livingston does. Yeah. I think well, he, he, does he hasn't had that huge payday that those other guys have had. Yep. So. How old is Livingston now? Thirty-five? No, I think he's like thirty-one, maybe. He's younger than you'd think. Yeah, because he came yeah. in at nineteen. I'll never forget that broken leg moment. I uh, watched it live, so yeah, that was a pretty horrifying. Okay, Mal, anyway, Mal, what are you pitching? What What's in the rotation for Mallory Factor right now? Like just in life, in life, music, movies, life, beer. Right, you you so got 30 here's, here's seconds, the, and that's it. The next two weeks of, or three weeks of my life. Tomorrow night, I'm seeing Diggable Planets with Joey Perp. Why? Uh, Friday, I'm watching the Cavs, obviously. Saturday, I'm going to uh, an event for Coney Island Brewing and then seeing the XX, who I love. Nice. That's a good Coming show. Up two weeks from now, we've got uh, some serious insanity. We have... Um, I can't remember what I'm doing that Friday night, but Saturday is Friday and Saturday and Sunday are Gov Ball of the first weekend of June, Governor's Ball in New York City. I'm going to the opening night of Central Park Summer Stage, so that's Mavis Staples. I have a nice dinner. Then I'm seeing Franz Ferdinand. They're still then around. I'm doing, they're back. They yeah. Got a new album. Oh, okay. They're back and they're having their little, you know, like return. I can't remember who comes up. The Tuesday after, oh, I'm going to the opening night of Hansel and Gretel at the Park Avenue Armory. And then, then week finishes off with the drums. 
playing at House of Van. So I've got a fun couple of weeks. So Mallory just set a CTB record for name drops in a minute. <laughs> I got a busy life going on, guys. Okay, no, EG, uh, what do you want to pitch? Yeah, uh, I I pitched it before. I'll pitch it again because it starts on Sunday. Twin Peaks: The Return uh, oh, okay. is what I is I, what all I'm all I'm living for right now. And then uh, I went as to throw my concert two cents. Then I went and saw the Pixies last week. So oh nice. Oh my yeah, god, I went I went to three shows last week. I, I went and saw. Wait, I went. And, yeah. What's that? So I went and saw Guided by Voice. Shows. Guided wow. by Voices at the Grog Shop. Um, Wait, guided by Voices played the Grog. That's crazy. They always play the Grog. Yeah, that's their that's their place. Yeah. Shout, shout out to Cappy. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, no, that was the Grog Shops. Uh, I think their twenty fifth or fifteenth anniversary. I can't remember which one. Mm-hmm, Who are the other two? And then Wednesday, I sold ninety sevens at the Beachland. They were fantastic. Nice. nice. Love they them. were great. Uh, really good. And then Saturday, I saw, or Friday, Friday or Saturday, I can't remember which, I saw a band called Steel Wheels, which is like a bluegrass band from Virginia, folk, roots rock. Uh, they played the Gar Hall in Peninsula, which is like a Civil War armory, and it's a historic building, and it was the, it was a very strange crowd. I felt as if I was at a, uh, a, I felt as if I was at a meeting of old Republicans. So nice. <laughs> it was very, very sedate and very like the quietest concert crowd I've ever been. A lot of beards. Lot of beards. Yeah. Lot Some of. Uh, Wait, I'm pretty sure everybody you... left their "Make America Great Again" hats in the car. <laughs> we interrupted you, EG. What were you going to say? You saw the pixies. Oh no, I saw the pixies uh, downtown at the um, the Ace Hotel Ballroom in in downtown oh, LA. God, that's awesome. It's such a cool venue. If you, the, you know, the old um, Civic Theater in Akron, you guys been to that? Oh yeah, I've yeah. Seen the it's just like, it's very much there. like very much like that, like watching oh, a concert okay. there. That but, is uh, the best concert I ever went to. Was at the Civic? Yeah. So, quick side note: I, first of all, I saw that the Ava Brothers play three shows last week at the Capitol Theater in Porchester. That band is the best currently touring live band. I've oh, ever I agree seen. with you. I that was the best show I've ever seen. At, uh, at Akron Civic, so yeah, they're amazing. Also, side note: the best show on TV that no one's watching is called Nobody's, and it's on TV Land, and it is hysterically funny. It's <laughs> like curb your enthusiasm, awkward, but in the best possible way. No, my my current favorite show is uh, this week tonight with John Oliver. So uh, my, yeah. my yeah. little thirteen year old liberal loves it. So <laughs> I still love uh, Silicon Valley. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't checked out the new season yet. So, oh, this is good. So I got to ask you about a show, EG. So I've been watching American Gods, which is yeah. the Neil Gaiman show with. Uh, yeah, I, got, I haven't. I've DVR'd it. I haven't watched it yet. It it could be so good, but it's not going anywhere. Three episodes and it hasn't really? gone anywhere. Yeah, people have been like raving about it. So I've been like excited, but like I want to hold off and like binge it. Yeah. But. Well, it does star Lovejoy, Ian McShane. So I'm a. Right. Big fan. Uh, Lovejoy, who uh, starred in uh, one of the great uh, HBO shows ever, Deadwood. And right. shout out, R.I.P. Powers Booth. Uh, yeah. Dead at what, 64? 64, yeah. Yeah, this is horrible. So, who? 
Powers Boom. Powers a uh, lot of B movies, a lot of uh, action movies, TV roles, but you know, a a guy who was a B movie actor that became a good character actor. Yep. And first, uh, first movie I'm genuinely looking forward to. Well, it's not the first one, but but first sort of this of this ilk, the the new Alien movie comes out. Yeah, I'm Friday. looking forward to it too. Don't tell me anything about it. I don't know anything about it. I, no, I no, no. I just yeah, I've been per, I've been turning the channel. Yeah, and they have been running previews for it for six dang weeks. Yeah. <laughs> well, Did I think it was originally new, uh, originally scheduled ahead. to release two weeks ago, and they pushed it back so it didn't go up against Guardians. Guardians, yeah. I was gonna yeah. say, did anyone see Guardians? Because I uh, thought it was great. I Guardians, uh, Guardians of the Toy Commercial. Yeah, it was. I've good. seen it twice already. It's great. Uh, it's good. I, I actually loved it. I I liked it weirdly more than the first, but I think <sighs> the Chris Pratt was the weak link in it. It which desperately is a weird needed to be edited. It was a half yeah, hour too long. The, the ending was way too long. It was but, a half hour too long. But it was and very it, funny. And it, but Chris Pratt's emotional scenes just. Uh, <laughs> it, and it, it, like he, like he's they could have the, like they could have dumped the entire Ravager set up for the Sylvester Stallone movie storyline and not lost a thing. That was that was really a bolt-on story that didn't really make oh, much sense. Oh, at the beginning, not the end, you're saying? No, the whole thing throughout. They could have done it. you got to honor Yondu, though, man. Come on. Ugh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't quite I understand. Sylvester Stallone, that's what I didn't need. But I yeah, could have, the rest of it was great. I kind of like seeing Fly. Also, Nate, you have to, like, you know, do a bleeping spoiler alert. <laughs> Ruined half that movie. But I just said that Sylvester Stallone was in it, and they were setting it up for a sequel with him. That's not anything that's not in any trade papers. I don't know. I, just, I haven't really read much about the movie other than that. People okay. thought it looked like candy in movie form, which it kind of was. But. Okay. Well, <laughs> I think we have beaten this podcast into the ground, and the teeth we are very, very long. unusual topics, though. We did. We did. So um, I'm going to uh, wrap this up and uh, say, as always, go Cavs. Yeah, go Cavs. Finals okay. and six. Thank you for listening to Cavs the Blogs podcast. Check back soon for some more fun with your favorite blogger. There's a fire. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.